Between the kids being home and hosting, everything in our house gets used up in summer. With Instacart, I can save money by stocking up on all my favorite summer brands. I save time by getting everything delivered in as fast as an hour. And I save myself a sink full of dirty dishes by stocking up on paper plates for the annual summer cookout. Save more on summer essentials? Spend more time enjoying summer. Add summer to cart. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to The Final Four is Not on the Schedule. I'm your host, Eric, alongside with expert analyst, Rod. Thanks for joining us on the best MSU basketball podcast featuring an in-depth recruiting, game matchup, and post-game analysis. We dive deep to give you the best tools to enjoy the Spartans and impress your friends and family. Hey, everybody. It's Eric alongside Rod. We're here to discuss Michigan State basketball, as always, and of course, the offseason. So we're going to be talking a little bit about rosters and recruiting. Uh, before we begin, I just want to remind you that if you've not yet subscribed to the show, please head on over to your podcast player, select subscribe, make sure you don't miss any episodes. You can also uh, sign up for our newsletter, which I shouldn't even say newsletter, occasional emails where with announcements of things going on with our show, or maybe we have a, or a, a call for questions or a contest. You can do that just by going to our website at tffinots.com. Uh, again, if you do want to subscribe, the show. We greatly appreciate it. If you have a little bit of guilt, you're like, boy, listen to the show. You guys have put out great content, you know, for just like a dollar a week, you can do a Patreon. Um, you can also uh, at the Scott Scouts level, you can do twice that at the, um, um, the Draymond Green level and Mateen Cleaves will give you level, will get you um, some gear. And so I uh, greatly pre- appreciate it. It helps keep the show going and uh, cover expenses and all the stuff we do. Uh, so please do that. And you know, I guess as we go into the summer, I say this and it's very funny because the, the weather seems to be getting colder. I don't, I don't know if we're moving. I don't know if we're moving towards spring. I kind of feel like it's spring's coming. And then the next thing I know, it's, uh, I looked out the window yesterday and there was snow on the ground and I, and it's, I'm so like used to winter now. I didn't even strike me as unusual until about five seconds later. I'm like, wait a minute. It was like 65 degrees the other day. And now there's snow out there. I don't know. Maybe you guys don't get that as much snow on the other other side of the state, but it's just been it's been a weird spring. Yeah, no, for sure it has. And you know, we had that we had that burst of really warm weather earlier in April, and it's been a little colder recently. <laughs> it's just I, I, I it, just want it, that it, bit done with, and I think we're finally about ready to ready to turn the corner. Let's hope. I, yeah, I my I remember my son's in the golf team. His coach said this is the best opening week ever in high school. Uh, spring sports and that was like 80 degrees and a Saturday it was so hot I was looking for shade and then two days later it's snowing and it really hasn't recovered I know what's going to happen is it's going to go straight to 90 degree weather and humid uh, yeah just like go straight to summer uh, but let's talk about okay so it's we're recording this April 26th and mm-hmm. of course the transfer portal window ends on May 11th and so the opportunity to leave teams or join teams well, not well, leave, leave teams. teams is yeah. leave teams is on May 11th, where you can get out of your um, uh, out of your position on the your scholarship position, whatever. Now, the other thing, of course, is that you can enter the draft, the NBA draft, or you can enter the NBA draft, but while maintaining your college eligibility, and that's what a lot of players have done. I mean, Aaron Henry is the most recent one that I can think of for Michigan State um, previous years, where you basically go and they tell you it's a way of getting a free evaluation, essentially what you need to work on what your chances are of getting drafted either first, second round, 
Um, and I think it mainly is just a way for people to know what their where their deficiencies lie and what they need to do to improve their draft stock. And we've had the news, of course, that Michigan State's roster has been pretty steady. I mean, we've had once Hall and Walker joined, there hasn't been much rumors of people leaving or going anywhere. And as far as we know, it's set, except, of course, Aikens announced that he is going to look at the draft and get the evaluation while maintaining his college eligibility. And now, just a day or two ago, uh, A.J. Hogard uh, said the same thing. So I guess, you know, for those of us who are watching this, and I mean, the is there reason to panic? Is this something we expected? What is your take on what's going on with Aikens and Hogard? And I think probably just take them one at a time because I think they're probably situations are different. Largely expected for both. I mean, Aikens, you know, there was there was much more reason to be concerned, I think, about the portal than there was him submitting to the draft to get evaluated. Um, and we're we're seemingly past that. So for him, it's down to, it appears it's, I mean, technically that's not true until May 11th, but uh, all indications are it's, it's MSU or the, or the NBA. And honestly, um, I think it's unlikely unless that he would, that he would opt to turn pro unless he's just hell bent. And I don't get that sense um, that he's hell bent on leaving. And I don't think that even the people around him who had questions about the wisdom of his remaining at MSU, I don't think there's a feeling that he's ready. In fact, what that primarily seemed to be about was they were concerned that he wouldn't get the opportunity to do the things they think he needs to do to give himself better odds of becoming a pro. And that means primarily playing with the ball in his hands born. And my understanding is Michigan State has laid out a plan, not just with him, but with all their guards as to how they'll be used next year, what the intention is. And the intention is to have a much more equitable distribution of time with the ball in their hands, and particularly that's between Walker and Akins. You know, Hogarth's mm-hmm. going to have the ball in his hands a lot because he's the, you know, he is the point guard hey, among the three. Distributor, yeah. But the other two guys will have the ball in their hands a lot. Jaden would have, by all accounts, Jaden would have had that opportunity last year, but for the injuries that he suffered, because that put some very important time that they could have worked with him, get him better prepared to play that kind of role um, that put that on ice. And so if you remember a good portion of play up until um Big Ten conference play started back up in the beginning of January with him was really about either recovering from injury, so missing games, or working himself back into the flow, which just meant being able to be a productive player, not necessarily in all the ways that they anticipated he might be in the preseason, you know? And he had, of course, missed all that time leading into the season, several weeks, about, I don't know, about six weeks, I think, maybe more. Yeah. Um, so that's what I would expect will happen. I look, you never say never. Weird things could happen. He could, somebody could fall in love with him in the evaluation process or multiple somebody's, and all of a sudden he starts hearing, yeah, you're a lock to be drafted. Right now, I don't think there's a strong likelihood that he would be drafted 
um, because he hasn't done that yet. And what I just talked about with the ball in his hands a lot and at his size, you know, he's listed as six, four, he's probably more like six, three. Um, it's not impossible, but it's tough to be, to have the kind of career you want to have if you haven't demonstrated or you don't have that ability to play with the ball in your hands a lot, you know, to at least have that capability yeah. in the NBA, you know, people could talk about a three and D, but most three and D guys are a little bigger than Jaden is. Now, Jaden's a great athlete means he could play up a little bit, but I, I, I still think the likely outcome there is that he comes back. That's the, that's the betting right now. Uh, from from people I've talked to who know stuff, Hogard just kind of came out of the blue yesterday, which was what Tuesday. Mm -hmm. The deadline was Sunday at eleven fifty nine p.m. So nobody even knew he'd submitted until because no, when did the list come out? Because that that's the where list the came list out yesterday, out from, right? The oh, list yeah, so came out yesterday. The, <laughs> right, but the deadline because he didn't even do one of those you know, graphics until today, until Wednesday. Right. Um, to me, that is telling. That tells you this is not a guy who's thinking it right now is, well, I'm probably gone. So I'd better get my, you know, you guys are great. See you later speech out of the way. I just don't. Yeah. And with AJ, you know, I think we all know well, what's, what is the weakness? Well, right now you would say primarily it's shooting, but I think mm -hmm. there are other things too, you know, d displaying that game in game out consistency. You know, he was the best he's ever been this year. That's for sure. But there was still points in the season where AJ showed inconsistency and that's something he's got to get over that hump too. So I suspect with both of these guys, this is a level check. This is going through the process, getting feedback as um, to where they stand, what they need to improve on. MSU has seen guys do this many times. You know, you mentioned Aaron Henry was a recent example. I mean, you can go back to guys like Adrian Payne did it. I think Nick Ward did it. I mean, they've had guys do this. So it's not unheard of. It's not unusual. Um, I don't think, you know, to answer your question, I don't think panic or even grave concern is warranted. Yeah, things can happen. You know, uh, as I say, it only it only takes one to really fall in love with a player and communicate that, and that could change perceptions. But for right now, I don't think, and we're basically talking about a month-long process. I, I can't remember the exact date in May, but it's at the end of May. They have to make their decision whether they're in or out. So right. it's not going to go draft on. draft is after the playoffs right so um it's it's or, yeah or, the draft itself is after the playoffs um the lottery uh deal comes up sooner that comes up in the midst of the playoffs i think it's during the yeah. conference finals maybe um that sounds about right but yeah. uh but the decision to be in or out is at the end of may so it's not going to go on forever and, and honestly there haven't been too many times i'm trying to think um where it's been surprising the outcome Marcus Taylor was surprising, but that wasn't a, you didn't have these kind of, well, you can go in the draft and get evaluated. Right. You had a pick. Yeah. Um, since that rule has been instituted, I can't think of anything. And look, there's a first time for everything, but I can't think of a situation where that happened because 
the fact of the matter is, and we, we talked about it here when Max Christie went in last year, even though he had, you know, opted to preserve his eligibility initially, it, it, he was gone. Yeah, that was understood by people who knew that was understood. We talked about that pretty openly here. So if the standard operating procedure is in place in terms of what's the quality of the intel that's out there and what's likely to happen, there's not a lot to worry about. Yeah, I mean, I, I think of the I look at the situation with these two players and it's different because I feel like with AJ, it's going to he just needs to hear probably what the coaching staff has been telling him for the last you know, last year, right. certainly, but maybe even the last two years, he needs to hear from another source and someone more authoritative, you know, mm-hmm. that, that they have the same concerns. Cause I think that's what happened with Aaron Henry and certainly Nick Ward, right. That they heard and they sort of were able to focus a little bit better, I think, and, and their game. But I feel with Aikens, it maybe even for him, he might see it too as somewhat of, uh, I need to have the scouts say, you know, you need to exhibit, skills xyz and we think generally it's going to be how he's handling the ball so he could play like a, a you know a lead guard or something right in the nba uh and then he can take that back to staff and said you know this is what your plan was just to make sure that you know this is what i absolutely have to do um but i mean i i think to your point i think probably this coach staff has the same idea as what he needs to needs to do and that they have probably a plan for him to to be able to exhibit those skills there there is i'm not i'm not i'm not guessing i'm not guessing about that <laughs> I'm not guessing yeah. about that, that what I what I mentioned about Aikens and Walker and how everybody's been told before Walker decided, you know, made public, let's put it that way, his mm-hmm. intention to return that was put out there. To everybody, they all understood this is the intention. So do you think it's just then maybe for Jaden, I'm assuming he doesn't find someone who just falls in love with this athleticism, et cetera that it's going to be make sure there's nothing else that he's not thought about. Yeah. That, and, and, that and, and that it's, and that it's always, you know, Izzo Izzo talked about, that's the thing. Izzo's not surprised. He mentioned this what two weeks ago. And he said he wouldn't be surprised if Jaden and AJ both put their names in. He mm-hmm. mentioned those guys specifically. Um, so he wasn't caught surprised you know, by this, but um, yeah, I think it's just, you know, as, as he, as Izzo put it, uh, it seems to be the cool thing to do. Two, I forget the final numbers, like 230, 240 kids put their name in the draft. Yeah, it's going to be That's a, big a lot. It's a lot, you know, when yeah. whatever it is, 60, 60 guys get taken. Um, mm-hmm. It's, you know, I think that I think that some of that is about posturing and you're you're doing that maybe for your own self-confidence or to send messages to the world at large that, Hey, I'm a guy who's capable of being a pro, even if I don't go, I think some of it's that. And, and some of it is really, well, it would be a good thing to get evaluated by other people and, um, and get that, you know, get that under my belt and use that where if I come back to college to, to work on my game, I mean, the, the only concern you ever have in these scenarios in my mind is if a guy comes back, is he coming back for the right reasons? Mm-hmm. So right. like when Nick Ward went and got evaluated before his junior year, my, my one concern was, okay, he's been, we know that he's going to be told, look, you got to get better. You got to, you got to get better condition. You got to be better away from the rim defensively, all of that. 
But we knew he'd also get some word about, well, you're basically just a low post big guy, and we don't really use those very much anymore. So you got to show some game away from the basket and ability to hit at least a mid-range jumper. You know, it's not a, it's not the deep shot. And I wondered, well, is he going to come back and he's going to want to start playing more on the perimeter? And will that be a problem for MSU? There have been instances of this where guys gone through the process, they come back and their mindset isn't in the right spot for their team success. I'm not worried about it with either of these guys because what they're likely to hear is going to be, as you said, it's just going to be reinforcing stuff that they've already heard and that they already know from their time at Michigan State what they have to do. So, and, and the other thing that the other sign that's really, really good here, which again, I will contrast with Max Christie, Aikens and Hogard have both been fully engaged. My understanding in all off season activity with the team. So team meetings, workouts, all that kind of stuff. They've been right in it. Yeah. So that's usually a pretty good indicator. Max Christie got the hell out of Dodge quick after the end of the season. Didn't even, and I don't want to dredge this stuff up again, but my understanding for multiple people. So I, as certain as I can be without having been there to witness it myself, that it happened. He didn't even do his exit interview. Yeah. So that's why I was not surprised. I was more surprised (laughs) in his situation that his announcement said, well, he's, he's going to retain the ability to come back you know, retained his eligibility for next season because I thought, well, he's already decided. I don't even know why he's bothering with that. Yeah. Um, this is a very different situation with both these guys. So again, I don't think there's reason to be panicked. Anything can happen. I'm not saying anything's a hundred percent locked, but I feel pretty good about the likelihood both of them are going to be back. Yeah. And you figure today's age now with the NIL that now nothing's published as far as what the, 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 um, revenue, you know, contracts are for these players how much money they're getting from their you know their sponsorships etc uh, no it's is, not it's not subject to FOIA right yeah and, and so it, there's no reason we would know unless they publicly would state and it's unlikely they would do something like that and people some people I'm sure know but um, well obviously they do uh, but you have to imagine that if you're making the decision it just adds another layer of like well if you're leaving just for money like if you don't like school you may just leave like I think uh, Marcus Bingham not that he didn't like school, but I think he was ready to be done with college. That's sort of like the every every uh, sort of word you got from him. But like, unless you really don't like your team, don't like being where you are, uh, you know, if you're just being pulled away by money, well, now the I think that money is probably I don't know what it is in the G League, but it's probably not, you know, amazing to the point where you can't get somewhere close to that. And in some ways, your exposure is way better in college than it's ever going to be in the NI- in the uh, G League. So if you're going to you know make a name for yourself somewhere, you're you're definitely going to get potentially much better sponsorships, even going into your your NBA career, if you do really well in college. For, you know, NIL NIL has I mean the the long and the short of it is NIL has really changed the equation for a lot of these guys. Um, you know how the money compares is tough because as you say, we don't know all the details of everybody's NIL situation. Suffice it to say, Michigan State's guys are, in a national sense, very well taken care of. Right, exactly. It is also very difficult to assess because are you signed to a two-way deal? Do you have guaranteed money? What is that? You know, it's complicated. Right. So, yeah. But I think the long and the short of it is 
NIL has made it at major schools like Michigan State, at least, has made it so that guys coming back are not, they're not, there's not, it's not a comparison between, well, I'm making nothing or I get my pro career started. And even if I'm in the G League all year, at least I'm making something. Right. It's now very, very competitive at the least. And in many situations, um, particularly if you put your name in a draft and you don't get drafted, um, you're in a situation where you're probably doing actually better financially with an NIL yeah. deal at a place like Michigan State, at least. Sure, because you you can't imagine guys in the G League are getting much for uh, you know sponsorships or any sort of um, you know contracts from with well, I just mean companies. I just mean dollar to dollar. You know, take their contract yeah, right. Versus all the money that you're getting through NIL. Right. I mean, that's, I guess that's my point that, you know, the G league, you're pretty much making your contract. I don't think you're probably right. making Correct. much beyond that. Correct. Maybe you're, maybe you have a deal with some like car dealership in town where the T, but probably not. I mean, right. I don't even know. I have no idea who's on the team here in Grand Rapids, for instance. Now, I don't know if this is like one of the top teams. In G- I don't even have any clue. But I know not many people go to the games and I think, you know, you're just kind of work. It's a farm. It's a farm league, you know, to get into. It's much like who's on the minor league baseball team. You really don't know um, unless you're a true, true insider. You know, one of the things with with Aikens, too, uh, is the player he was last summer before he got hurt and had to have surgery at Moneyball. I mean, there was there was no question that he was the best player at Moneyball. I mean, that, when you talk to people who who watched, I watched him a little bit, but I kind of got late to the one day I had to get there. But he just was so smooth and could attack the basket. He just seemed like head and shoulders athletically and uh, just more gifted and just so much better than everyone. And we never really saw that last year. I thought maybe you kind of started seeing it near the end of the, the last like couple weeks of the season, but really until the very end, like the maybe the last game or so big of the regular season Big Ten tournament, and then, uh, which was you know short lived, one game, but and then the NCAA tournament, you started kind of seeing that, and started seeing what he was doing and what people were reporting him doing in the Moneyball. Now Moneyball is of course Moneyball, so you can't you can only take so much from that, but those skills are certain you can highlight there. And and I would say you know Pierre Brooks was talked about a lot during Moneyball, but I remember watching him and thinking he just seemed like a high volume shooter, and that's why he's scoring mm-hmm. a lot of points, but it right. wasn't like. He was like, you know, shooting 70% or something like that. It was, he just shot a ton. But J- Aikens was like, you know, again, just looked a lot better. And I feel like his ability, I think we're going to see a different Aikens uh, this next season than we saw last season, assuming he stays healthy. And I think, but I think he has to, my guess is it'd probably be better for him in almost every situation to go to stay at Michigan state and try and develop those skills than to try and go to the G league where I think he could still develop the same things, but I think he'll probably be in a better spot from a, from a draft standpoint and you know, the big contracts and stuff. If he sticks in the, the college game, don't you think? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, that's my personal opinion though. It doesn't matter very much. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. but, um, yeah, he's uh, look, I, I think that, you know, Jaden Akins has a chance next year. If he has a healthy offseason, Jaden Akins, I think, could be the best player on Michigan State's team. Is a guy who's capable of being um, the player of the year in the Big Ten. I mean, that sounds like a lot for a guy who hasn't yet averaged double digits, but I think it's true. 
Mm -hmm. I expected him to have a similar kind of sophomore year leap that guys the year before had like Jaden Ivey, Murray, right. Davis, Davis. Yeah. It didn't quite happen because in large part, because he was hurt, but I Mm -hmm. think that may just be one year delayed. I mean, for as good as, as Tyson Walker and AJ Hogart are, and they're great. Um, Jaden Akins is a guy with the most upside. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, in some ways, Michigan State might have been lucky that he got hurt. Like, you know, if you look at it, they may have, get, they may have got an extra year out of the guy and <laughs> and get an even better year. The other player. way you can look at it is if he was better this year, they might have had a better season and they were pretty close to being a Final Four caliber team anyway. Yeah. Who right. knows? Yeah, I guess. But for yeah, next year, yeah, yeah definitely know. a positive. Uh, so let's break just uh, briefly here for our sponsors and we'll be right back. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So just a reminder, if you need Spartan Apparel, you can get 20% off at Nudge Printing. They have high-quality screen printing, T-shirts, sweatshirts, not only Michigan State stuff, but other schools in the state of Michigan and also some other random schools around the country. You can check them out at nudgeprinting.com. You will not go wrong. I have a number of their, you know, I've got some shirts, i got a sweatshirt. All my family, actually, we all have T-shirts. <laughs> they Everyone loves them and they wear them all the time. We wash them a ton. Uh, and they've are just as nice and the printing is perfect on it still. So it holds up really well in the wash. Again, you can't go wrong with their products at nudgeprinting.com final four for the coupon code. You get 20% off Gabe and Brittany who own the, uh, own the company are Michigan state alums and, uh, they will do things right. Also, if you, it, we are mentioning spring, like it really is it's raining and stuff. So. If you do need gutter work done in the west side of the state of Michigan, make sure you talk to the brothers at Just Do Gutters. Talk to Kurt Stauffer and his team. They do an excellent work repairing, replacing, and cleaning your gutters. It, they can work at any time. They're fully insured. They get work done quickly, and they have all kinds of selection as far as different colors and things like that. If you have, you know, uh, you want 
brown or you want black or you want white grouters, whatever you want. They got it all and they will take care of you real quick. You get 10% off if you email Kurt and you say Final Four. So it's K-U-R-T dot S-T-A-U-F-F-E-R at brothersgutters.com. That's all they do is just gutters. So they don't mess around doing other things. They just specialize in just that thing. All right. So the other thing is, we talked to after the Jesse McCullough was the second commitment for the 2024 class from Michigan State. And the questions we would get on either on our website or elsewhere is, hey, who's next? <laughs> and, and your answer, even in the episode was, well, we'll know when we know when we see what Izzo and the, and the coaches, who they start you know following around and who they start watching this summer in the AU circuit. So why don't you give us a little, I guess, update or preview of what's going on in 2024 and I suppose even a little bit, maybe 2025. Well, uh, last weekend was uh, the first, it was a start of the real start of the AAU season. There were a couple of regional tournaments the weekend prior, but last weekend was when the shoe company circuits had all had their first weekend of play. So EYBL for Nike, 3SSB for uh, Adidas, and I, I can't recall what Under Armour calls their thing, but I don't think Michigan State is currently known to be recruiting anybody on an Under Armour team anyway. So we're okay not knowing that one. So they, the coaches <laughs> were out in full force. And, and yeah, what, what we talked about was pay attention to who Michigan State is watching. That's going to be your best tell as to who they're interested in. And with two recruits already, you know, committed in uh, Jesse McCullough and of course, Kurt Tang came before him, Michigan State's in a really nice position. Nobody knows how many guys they actually intend to sign. My gut would be probably another couple. So another four man class, that's my guess, mm -hmm. but that's all it is, is a guess. Um, and positionally, who knows? I mean, there's lots of, you could, you could make arguments for pretty much any position on the floor, theoretically. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, and, and never mind 25s. I mean, that's, you have no shot <laughs> at, at figuring out where the quote unquote need would be. So I just wanted to go over um, some of what we've learned now was not able to see anything of the Adidas circuit and MSU actually is involved with a few adidas kids more so maybe than they are normally i was able to see some stuff from eybl and it's interesting adidas has some work to do because with eybl with nike's event they have live streaming so you could see every game and they've actually over they've been doing that for a few years but they've actually at least at least the first weekend it was much improved in in terms of what I recall about previous years, in terms of the quality of the camera work, the the angles you're getting, it's it's just one camera, but um, it's pretty good. The games I watched, you're able to follow what was going along. You're able to identify who's who if you know the numbers. And that's the thing. EYBL also does a very good job of keeping stats current you get statistical reports after the games are completed and they, and they've got running totals, what guys are averaging. Um, and they have rosters with roster numbers. They also have them for the 15s of the 16s as well, which is really, really helpful. 
Um, so they do it the right way. Adidas is not doing that. Adidas has a video option that's um, a subscription fee, which, I mean, come on. <laughs> and and uh, the statistics are not published. And I raise this because Kurt Tang, already committed to MSU, plays for an Adidas team out of Massachusetts, Mass, Mass Rivals. And he apparently had a very, very good weekend. He had, I know he had 20 points in a win over uh, Indiana elite in their first game. And then there was a game later in the weekend where he apparently scored 20 points in a half, but I can't tell you what the average was for the weekend or what he shot. And if that the highlights look good, I saw some highlights and his team went three and one. So those are all good indicators along with the anecdotal stuff about the, the point totals in those two games, but I can't give you any more detail. Um, in that first game, I mentioned they played Indiana Elite, and Indiana Elite's big name is Flory Bodenga, who is a 2024 big man out of uh, out of um, Kokomo, Indiana. Big time prospect, like a top five guy nationally. Everybody is trying in on him or trying to get in yeah. on him. Tom Izzo was at that game, so he was at that game uh, Friday night for the Adidas event, and then he went to Nike for the rest of the weekend, I believe. Uh, but he was there for that one. And then they, I think they had an assistant there for the rest of it. And, you know, again, I couldn't get stats on Bedinga, but you don't need stats to know what kind of player he is. So <laughs> indication is Michigan state still very much intends to be in the mix with Flory Bedinga. So that's what the conclusion we draw from that. Um, switching over to Nike, many, many more guys that are firmly on the radar at Nike. Um, tops among them, of course, Jesse McCullough, who committed, as you said, just last week, mm -hmm. six, nine, um, uh, four or five, he's playing five in AAU at Michigan state. I expect him to be more of a four playing for, uh, all of, uh, for, sorry, for space Indy heat. And I saw one entire game. He played against the family, the team out of Detroit, and he was solid. Uh, had eight points in the game, was a solid rebounder, was a defensive presence. He had a game in this over the, they played four games over the weekend. He had another game over the weekend where he blocked four shots in a game. And when you see him, you see the length, the things that I was, um, most impressed by though, I think with him, uh, were two plays that came late in that game against the family. One was where he backed down his defender made a really nice low post uh, half hook shot for a bucket because uh, we had questions about that. Like, well, how does he play? And his, his yeah. reputation is mostly as a shooter. He had another game in the tournament where he went three for four from three. So he showed off some of that deep shooting ability over the, not over the tournament rather, but over the four games that they played. Uh, but that was him showing a post move. So I liked seeing that. And I, had, I think I had mentioned when we talked about him last week that I felt as if he had a little more in the way of a developed post game and an intent to play in the post than say Xavier Booker has shown to this point, you know, that's one way, maybe they separate a little bit. Um, the other play, which was really encouraging from a Michigan state perspective, I think was he ran a pick and roll with um, a kid named Jalen Harrelson, who I'll talk about more in a minute, who's a, a top 10 recruit in 2025 that MSU is interested in. And off the pick and roll, Harrelson 
really led him to the rim. And it ended up as a catch and a dunk off the pick and roll. But what was impressive about it to me were the hands that McCullough showed because it was not an easy pass to corral and it went through a little bit of traffic and that he was able to make that all come off and, and good body control as well. It was impressive. So the game I happened to witness, I don't even think he attempted a three. They weren't really using him as a pick and pop option, but he has that in his game. So those were the positives that I saw with him. Two teammates he has that are interesting from an MSU perspective. I mentioned Jalen Harrelson, top 10 guy nationally in 2025, six foot seven, and he's already got a big 10 body. You could put him on a big 10 court tomorrow and he wouldn't look out of place physically. Um, and he's a guard. He fancies himself as a point guard. Um, he was not great in the game I saw. And that's no big deal. Those things happen. And he's also playing up a year. So I take all that into consideration. But I'm just noting that the game I happen to see, Harrelson was not dominant by any means. But yet mm -hmm. you can see why he's ranked the way he where he is. You can see it. I mean, physically, he's visually, when you're watching him, he stands out. You can, it doesn't take a genius to spot that guy and say, oh, I'll bet that guy must be pretty good. You know, he moves well, he's fluid, he's strong for a guard. Um, he just didn't have his shot dialed in in that game and, you know, wasn't, wasn't really uh, imposing himself. But on the other hand, he also didn't go crazy, which sometimes you do see, especially when guys are struggling, they go overboard in trying to find ways to make things happen. And they yeah. press take a lot of shots, a lot of bad shots. You know, he didn't do that. So that was impressive. The guy, the 2025, who was really impressive for India elite in that game was a kid named Trent Sisley, who, um, or Sisley, I'm not sure which it's S I S L E Y. Who's a six, eight, um, stretch four type also from Indiana and Michigan state has been on him for a while too. He's got an offer. He's a top you see him top 40, top 50. He was really good in this game. Hit a couple threes, um, fluid for a guy. You know, sometimes you see those pick and pop four types, the bigger ones, and they're not necessarily fluid athletes, or at least not yet. This guy can move. He carries himself and moves very, very well. He's also tough. And um, again, he's another guy who's physically looks the part already, even though he's still probably for another month or so, a high school sophomore. Um, and he plays with a great motor. I mean, in this game, he was active. He was everywhere. So I was really impressed by him. You know, he's another kid like Harrelson, Indiana and Purdue are all over him. Other schools are involved too. It's not a recruitment where I could say at this point, oh yeah, Michigan state's got an edge, but I, I think they're going to be in it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, so those were the guys for Indy Heat. And again, I saw the whole game, but I haven't even gotten to the, the main event because the main event was a guy for the other team who doesn't yet have a Michigan State offer. And I can't understand why. And that is <laughs> Darius Acuff. Darius Acuff is a six, let's call him six two point guard from Detroit Cast Tech. He just got done this spring as a sophomore leading Cass Tech to, I can't remember whether, I don't think it's the first state title in school history. I think it's the first one 
in like 70 years, though, something like that. But he led them in any event to a state title and was really impressive in doing it. Some listeners may know in the semifinal at Breslin, he had a half court shot against, I think it was against Muskegon to send the game into overtime, which they then won. So they were one missed half court shot away from not winning the state title, not even getting to that game. He hit it. He was, he was dynamite. He was the main guy all year long for them. And he's playing up and, and yet, and I had said this, I don't know. I don't think I said it here, but I definitely said it on the Spartan mag board. You know, Michigan offered him a couple weeks ago. And that was surprising yeah. to me because Tom Izzo has over the course of his tenure at Michigan state, he has made a habit of getting in early and getting in first on in-state guys. And I felt, and that's true, you know, Beeline was there before Beeline, since Howard's been there, it's remained true. And it just struck me as strange because with the season Acuff had had, I thought, boy, this guy, I hadn't seen him play yet. But I thought, just from what I was hearing and seeing, like this guy seems to have done enough. And now you got Michigan beating MSU to the punch. That's unusual. He had an unreal weekend unreal and it was capped the best game is the one i happen to see so in a in a very close victory by the family in that game he scored 25 points eight rebounds six assists two blocks and was ultra <laughs> efficient he was just under 50 percent from three on pretty high volume for the weekend in four games and i think he was around 60 percent from the floor which is crazy he is the real thing in that game. And I'm not saying he's the best prospect in that game that will remain to be seen, but in that game, as it was played, he was the best player on the floor and it wasn't even close. And I just reeled off some guys that are top 10 in their class, top 50, forget it. Darius Acuff was the best player in that game by a landslide. Um, great handle great court vision and ability to pass. He made one pass in transition that was so quick. I wasn't even sure that I actually saw it for a second. If you get my drift, <laughs> yeah. um, a great handle, great court vision, great passer. Um, very, very efficient finisher. You know, he was going against Indy heat has some real size and he was finishing consistently against it at the rim. And he's got a mentality to attack. And then, as I mentioned, he was just under 50% from three, so he could shoot. So there's just nothing really lacking. So I watched this, and I know Michigan State saw that game because I could see Izzo and Kelly there um, with the cameras on the, on the, um, under, the, under the basket on the baseline where the coaches hide out. I could see them there, at least for part of it. <laughs> and I thought, well, after this weekend, they got off. They haven't offered him yet. But you know who did? Kentucky, also Nebraska and Pittsburgh, but I'll say it again. Kentucky offered him. Michigan's offered him. Michigan State has not as of yet, and I don't understand why. Um, I, haven't, I haven't gone and talked to people I know who might have an answer to that, um, yeah. but it is a mystery to me. I will put it that way because right now, 
based on what he's already done in his high school career at Cast Tech, what he did this weekend in totality, playing up a year too, I'll add. He's playing up a level and doing this. And what I witnessed at that game, I feel pretty comfortable saying he's the best point guard produced in this state since Cassius Winston. Wow. Now, there's not a lot of guys, you know, who are we talking about? Well, Foster Lawyer, David DeJulius. If you want to call Rocket Watts a point guard, I guess. Um, you know, there's not like, it's not like I'm saying, well, that's, he's better than three NBA guys. But still, <laughs> right. we're talking about going back to 2016. And I, I would right now, you know, subject to revision, but right now, based on all the information at hand and what I witnessed with my own eyes, he's the best and it's not close. Interesting. You almost wonder if there's something else in the like family or some other thing that's going on that that's uh, precluding Michigan State from being a part of it. Yeah, that occurs to me. Um, I do know that a guy named Rashad Phillips, who is an all time great at University of Detroit and is he's an active he has an active Twitter account. He's been a trainer for a long time. He's still an, he doesn't live in Michigan anymore. He lives in Florida, but he is related to a cuff and especially after this weekend, he's been very active on Twitter and talking about how this is something they've, he and the family have the rest of the family have planned for and been working toward and, you know, all of that. Um, I, I don't think Rashad Phillips is a negative for MSU from what I know. Um, mm -hmm. It's certainly not a situation where like, well, you see his name associated with, with a kid. Yeah, that's just not going to go your way. And even even when those situations have happened, Michigan State still normally offers. Sure. Because yeah. you have to play the game. So even if they know they're not going to get a kid, they'll usually do that. So I don't know. I Look, I just I'll admit I'm, I'm absolutely befuddled as to why he doesn't have an offer yet, because it was a spectacular game. It was one of those moments. And sometimes you have them where you see a guy and you already think they're pretty good. And then they surpass that. And that's what I saw on, um, on Sunday afternoon from Darius Acuff. With the offer process, does it sometimes work where you, you decide, well, I'm not going to offer until I have a chance to have an opportunity to speak to the, to the recruit, you know, one-on-one -on -one or something like that first, rather than just kind of just offering if you talk to him like briefly as he's, you know, heading to the tunnel or something like into the locker room. Do you think it might be something like that? Yeah, but Michigan State doesn't have, you know, John Beeline used to, if I remember correctly, used to have this policy where he didn't offer kids until they were at Michigan on at least an unofficial. Okay. Like he wouldn't offer them. Izzo doesn't have that kind of policy to my knowledge. Poss possibly something like what you're talking about. That's true. But um, I, I will also admit that I'm, I'm a little bit con concerned. Look, we don't know one one thousandth of what those guys know on various levels. So sure. I trust in what they're doing. But I will say, just looking at it from the outside, I am confused why it hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. I okay. already felt that way coming into this weekend. But now, like, Jesus, what else does he have to do? He's clearly going to be one of the best players in that 2025 class nationally. Clearly. Because he was he was on the same court with a kid who's everybody puts in the top ten, and Darius Acuff was easily the better player on that day. Now again, he might not be the better prospect in the long run; that's subject to debate. But 
he was so good that you would not look at it and say, well, no, that's a guy, you know, maybe he could be a big 10 player someday. If he, you know, if he keeps working at it, no, not at all. I mean, he's Kentucky offered Kentucky. (laughs) I will tell you this Kentucky for them to offer a kid who's at the stage he's at, who's just completing his sophomore year of high school. That's a statement. Mm -hmm. That is a statement, you know? So yeah, one to watch. Um, anyway, that's the Darius Acuff stuff. I will also say um, there's another kid on that team who's had an MSU offer for quite a while. Um, fat, fat Brooks from uh, your neck right. of the woods, from Grand Rapids uh, Catholic Central. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't great. I had, I had heard that he had had sort of a disappointing season at Grand Rapids Catholic central. And that was coming off last spring and summer where he played for the family 16s and really had a nice year from everything I had heard. Um, but he had kind of a disappointing year in high school for, again, that scuttlebutt. I didn't see it, but in this game, you know, you could, there's, there's stuff you can see when you're watching him, like his handle looks legit. The way he carries himself, you can, so, okay, there's a kid that's got some talent, but he just didn't do very much. He just sort of existed. He made one play out of a pick and roll where he used a pick nicely, got himself loose for about an 18-foot jumper, you know, just inside the arc and, and nailed it. That was nice. But that was really about it. I mean, Acuff has just taken that to – Acuff is the alpha. He's the guy with the ball in his hands, not Fat yeah. Fat. And so I do tend to wonder – if that's going to be one that Michigan state doesn't really end up going the distance in, but that's just a mm-hmm. guess. Um, so that was, that was that game. Uh, I also watched a half of a game involving all Ohio red, because there's a couple of kids with MSU um, with MSU uh, interest or offers. In fact, one is a 2024 Jonathan Powell, who's a, six, five ish wing, uh, from the state of Ohio and Michigan state offered him back in the fall. A lot of people at that time that I was hearing from, there was a sort of a moment where there was a feeling like he might just commit and he didn't. Um, but there's still, I think there are people who think he might be the best candidate to be the next guy for MSU. Mm -hmm. I I don't know We'll, we'll see. The game I saw was not a great game for him. He had some good defensive moments. And again, I I talk about looking the part you can, one thing you can always see in these games, I think you mentioned it regard to money ball. And it's the same thing in AAU. You could see how a guy's athleticism might play. You can see what they look like physically for the Mm -hmm. position. And though he checks the boxes in all those areas, he just wasn't very dialed in with his shot. Uh, he shot it better later in the weekend. So he ended up having a decent weekend in that regard. It was just the one half of basketball I saw. He wasn't he wasn't really dialed in. But um, he's a guy that Michigan State likes a great deal. And then there's another 2025 guy playing up, um, a point guard from the Toledo area named Jerry Easter. And he's interesting. He's he's another guy, you know, a bigger point guard, maybe 6'4". He kind of almost reminds me, and it was just something about the way he moved, 
a thinner AJ Hogard is kind of what he reminded me of uh, in a way in terms of his the way his body played but he was he was impressive in terms of his ability to handle the ball um he showed some he showed some ability to get to the basket finish I didn't see him really do much in terms of the jumper my understanding is that's kind of a work in progress so that might be another Hogard thing but definitely a guy um, you can understand why Michigan State has offered and and has interest in him because even playing a level up, he he didn't look out of place at all. Um, other guys that are worth talking about real real quickly, um, as we talk about how you're going to have an indication as to who Michigan State's serious about by virtue of who they watch. Uh, and we wondered, well, now they've got Jesse McCullough, are they going to continue to pursue some of these other guys who might be four man types, you know, and the two most notable names were Adrian, uh, Aiden Shirell, uh, who plays for, um, Vegas elite. And he is, uh, a six ten, very impressive, uh, player, kind of a consistent, consistently national top 40 type guy. Mm-hmm. Um, He's already taken an official to Michigan State, and they watched him. So they're not ruling out Aiden Shirell. He averaged 14 and a half points over the weekend, shot 54, 43, 92. So pretty impressive <laughs> as a shooter. MSU saw him a couple times, so I would say they're still in it. But uh, the interesting thing is Alabama had been perceived to maybe be out front in that one. And then they lost all their assistants. Yeah. So you don't know how that's going to go. Well, Nate Oates, I believe, was at every game he played. So there you go. <laughs> Alabama's sure still is. staying in it, right? Um, yeah. I don't think that's what, look, it's hard to say. I wouldn't bet on that one going MSU's way. He's originally from Detroit. Um, so they have that familiarity. And, you know, I think there'd been a lot of, there'd been a lot of feeling earlier in the recruitment that it was kind of an Alabama, Michigan State thing. But, with Michigan State having McCullough uh, already in the fold, you know they can kind of they they can stay in touch and then continue working it. And if the kid comes around and decides he really wants to be part of things at Michigan State, well, you'll probably find a way to make it work. But it doesn't feel like they really need to go full tilt, you know. Yeah, but we'll right. see. Another another guy interesting, um, Tyler McKinley, six uh, nine. Four, maybe capable of being, you know, Sherelle is more of a four, maybe capable of being a five in some ways. McKinley, I think, is more of a four, maybe capable of being a three. Had a decent weekend for Mocan 17s at EYBL, EYBL rather. Uh, nine points a game, six rebounds a game, was 65% from the floor, only one for three from deep, but obviously 65% from the floor. You like that number. Um, so those were. Those were the big names. I would. There's a couple of other things that are worth noting. Uh, Michigan State apparently, after the weekend, made contact with and expressed some interest in um, a point guard named Kirk Gibbons, uh, who also plays for Mocan. So they got to see him while watching Tyler McKinley. He had a huge weekend. Was one of the leading scorers in the yeah, over the weekend. I think he averaged like almost 19 a game. Shot the ball well. Didn't get an offer as of yet. Remains he's originally from Memphis. Remains to be seen if MSU gets serious. Um, mm-hmm. One guy I should mention. I almost forgot. I really shouldn't have. 
who MSU was absolutely locked in on on the weekend was Jace Richardson. And Jace Richardson mm-hmm. had a nice weekend playing for uh, Paul George Elite. Um, they saw him at least three of his four games. Mm-hmm. And he shot very well. Um, was uh, I'm, I'm looking to see real quickly if I have his scoring numbers uh, over the weekend, and I'm not. I'm not finding them, but uh, but he played very, very well. And the fact that Michigan State was there for all three of his games is notable, um, very notable. Sure. And then two quick 2000 additional 2025 notes. MSU also watched Trey McKinney, who's a kid from Flint, plays Fortune Lake St. Mary, uh, and he's on Mean Streets, an AAU team out of Chicago. He had a big weekend, and Michigan State did watch him. Um, Trey averaged, yeah, 16 points a game, 57% overall, 31% from three. So why is that notable? He's considered a high level 2025 recruit, but there's been a lot of reason to think that one already to think that one won't go MSU's way, uh, because his father has not been considered to be a pro MSU force. But MSU has had him in for visits. They continue to recruit him. They were recruiting him, watching him here. So you don't you don't write it off. Um, there was an interesting uh, well, one more 2025 at at Nike. Jeremiah Fears, who's Jeremy Fears' younger brother, mm-hmm. um, had uh, played up with Brad Beal 17s this weekend. So again, another guy, a lot of these 25 guys MSU is in on pretty much all of them are actually playing up a level. Um, He averaged a little over eight points a game over the weekend. Didn't shoot the ball very well. He was 12 for 33 overall and only three for 13 from three, but you know, you gotta be really careful in trying, trying to take too much or make too much out of stats at EYBL. And and that's especially true over one weekend. I've seen enough of Jeremiah fears to know that the best thing he does is shoot the basketball. So Mm -hmm. that's one, you know, it remains to be seen where MSU's offered him. He's had an offer for a while. Uh, We'll see how that evolves, but they're definitely still in on him. And then interestingly today, MSU offered a kid named Koa Pete, who is a six, eight, and I mean built, this kid already looks maybe not even just the Big Ten. He looks like maybe he could be in the pros physically. I mean, he is put together. And he's from, if you think you recognize that last name, P-E-A-T, you you probably do. He comes from a family of athletes, most of whom have been high-level football players. One of them was a guy named Cassius Pete who came to MSU under Mark D'Antonio and I think lasted a year, didn't play, and then ended up transferring out. But that's this guy's brother. And this and Koa Pete is a national top 10 guy in that class. So he plays in Arizona. It'll be interesting to see how that recruitment evolves, but um, high-level talent, to be sure. And we'll, we'll start to find out over the course of the spring how seriously Michigan state is in that one. But for now, um, that's definitely a name to add to your list of guys in 25 that they're, uh, that they're interested in. But I think, I think in terms of the 24 class, the two things that I would take away as most notable were 
They're continuing to recruit guys who roughly have similar positional profiles to McCullough. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't look like his committing has ended the recruit, the recruiting of those guys. And then the second thing is they were all over Jace Richardson, all over. And, and he had a big weekend too. So that tells me that they're very serious about adding an on ball or a guy who has the potential at least to be an on ball guy in this class. It was interesting. We, you know, one of our plans this week was to talk to coach Kelly, uh, you know, have him back on the show and he was gone in Phoenix. It sounded like pretty much the entire coaching staff and a lot of Michigan state players, yep. Matt Ishbia, who now is the owner of the Suns, of course in the playoffs and, um, there are a ton of former Spartans in that they had a couple of group pictures and stuff, but counted that, 18. That, yeah. That, that of, of course, um, you know, they were, this is, they make this offer. They're out there seeing Jace Richardson. I mean, it all, kind of, it all sort of fits together too. Like they're all out there um, doing this at once, but we are going to have Kelly on later, just so you know. So for a programming note, we're also going to have Mike DeCourcy on, which is going to be, Pretty, we're pretty excited about. So we're going to be able to talk a little bit of Big Ten basketball and um, Michigan State, and then of course just college basketball landscape in general. So really smart guy. So I know I'm looking really, I'm looking forward to that quite a bit. And so that's something you can uh, put on your schedule. And you know, in general, we're going to have a lot of we're going to have a lot of people on this summer. I think we've we've really ramped up the interviews. Uh, you guys have been really supportive of, of us, so we're going to try and keep the good content and. Yeah, it's not basketball season, but I think we still there are lots of interesting discussions of things going on in college basketball and prep for a season that I think is going to be pretty exciting for Michigan State fans. And um, if we have any, if last year has been any sort of indication of what could be, I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic and to be excited about what what could be. And probably the most important part is that I will get a seat reassignment, so the heckler behind me will no longer be behind me. So that's the probably the biggest breaking breaking news for me. Um, I guess I won't know till the first game if he's truly disappeared, but I can only hope. All right, we'll wrap it up there. And so until next time, the final four is on the schedule. Go green. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.